0: Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I'm looking at reading challenges. The reading challenge I did last year and whether they're any good, whether they're useful and profitable, or we should abandon them. As every year, new year comes around, so do the reading challenges. And every year, I commit to a reading challenge, and every year I fail, or I think I do. I come home from work. I'm wiped out. My mind is really bleary, and for a long while, I'm only able to absorb kitten videos or thrifting videos. I pick up, but then I put aside the book I'm reading until tomorrow, and then suddenly it's December, and the same book is staring dolefully at me from the same place I'd put it down. So this year I vowed to ignore all reading challenges. Then Goodreads sent me a link to my reading activity this year. So I put my hand over my eyes like I was watching a horror film, and I clicked. But it wasn't so bad. Hey, I read more books than I thought I did. So I perked up and took a good look at the stats. It recorded that I read 24 books. I didn't finish a couple, like the huge tome, you know, the Truman book, but I did skim it after reading the first few chapters. I put down a book called Book Lovers because it was supposed to be a romantic comedy, but it was filled with rough language and F-bombs. Like, why do that? So I quit it. Not all books are winners. But I did have some real favorites. A Night to Remember, A Sheep Remembers, Puritan, and Johnny Cash's bio of the Apostle Paul called Man in White. You know, those were really good books. I'm glad I read them. So that is number one reason to dive into a reading challenge. You end up reading good books. Maybe not as many as I'd wanted, but some. So looking back and reflecting, another value of the reading challenge for me was that I know I would not have read Treasure Island unless I had been challenged to. It's a classic and I like to read the classics, but I always put them off in favor of some other book, usually an easy fiction or a spiritual book, but not so this time, and I completed it, and I'm glad I did. It was haunting and interesting, and truth be known, a little challenging to read, so that's good. Another value of the reading challenge that I discovered is that I tend to track my progress at Goodreads, and I know, in addition to the 24 books I listed, I had read a few other booklets from Chapel Library, but I don't remember which ones now. Um, Some of them are not listed as books, but since they're pamphlets, like 20-page pamphlets, but at least I have these books I'd tracked, thanks to Goodreads. A value of tracking is not only to help me remember what I've read and remembering what I've read helps me revisit my enjoyment of that book or it helps me continue to apply edification of the book's concepts to my heart and mind, but it also helped me stop beating myself up for failing to meet some goals. Now I can objectively obsess my assess my reading progress, rather than through the veil of I'm too tired or I'm a failure. And I guess there's another value in doing a reading challenge after all, You know, I've counted four valuable lessons so far, and a fifth um, coming up below. On the blog I have a list of all the books I had read, I won't read that whole list to you now. Um, and also pictures of the covers of all of them. But with the dates attached to when I started and ended a book, I see my pattern. I started off gangbusters in January, fresh from the new year, entering a new challenge, reading uh, several books, and then not much. It dropped off, at least not recorded, in February and March. In April, we have a week-long break, so I see I picked it back up then. And of course, as the end of May and June and July comes, I'm on summer break from school, and I see I read a bunch during the summer. In September and October, I'm flush in the beginning of a new school year, consumed with that, so I see that the reading dropped off. And then as November's Thanksgiving break and December's Christmas break come, and with it, the end of the year, I resumed my gangbusters attitude to try and finish the year meeting some of the goals. So I decided to go ahead and do another challenge. I picked the G3 reading challenge again because I like those guys and because I'm attending their national conference this September and I also posted a picture of the suggested books um, they put out and the ones I chose under each category. There's one called Reformation Woman, Women by Rebecca Van Newt and it's not strictly a marriage biography as this category suggests, but first, I own it already. And second, I want to see how these women, if they were married, managed in making such a global impact while married and attending to their home duties. And that was the other thing. A value of the book challenge is that I own, own these books already, except for one that I picked um, from Paulus and his book called Power Encounters. There's time enough to find that one at a library or a book sale, or at least at Amazon when the time comes. But that's the benefit. It makes me take a hard look at my shelves and focus on reading the books that I already own. And which, of course, is another wonderful value to a reading challenge. I'll read to you the G3 suggested categories and the books that I picked, um, which are, first of all, they wanted a book about the Bible a book about a book of the Bible, and I picked From Wari to Worship, Studies in Habakkuk by Warren Weersby. The next category was a book by a dead pastor, and I picked The Complete John Plowman by Charles Spurgeon. A book about the sovereignty of God, um, this one is by John Reisinger, The Sovereignty of God in Providence. It's one of those Chapel Library pamphlet books, and I read it last year, but I want to read it again. Or I have plenty of books about the sovereignty of God. I might swap that one out. A book of letters. So I picked Letters on Revival by Porter Ebenezer. A work of classic fiction. And I have Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, which I've never read. This one stumped me for a while. It's a book recommended by the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. They have five pages online of recommendations, but a lot of them are about you know marriages or um, depression or emotional stuff that I don't really connect with. Till I got to page five, one of the last books recommended was Power Encounters, Reclaiming Spiritual Warfare by David Powlissan. Uh Aha, I can get into that one. A book of poems. And this made me laugh because I just found a few days ago a book at my favorite vintage store by James Johnson. And it's called God's Trombones, Seven Negro Sermons in Verse. That's from, I think, the 1920s. And that one, I mentioned a book about a Christian marriage. I picked Reformation Women. By Rebecca Van Dudeward. A book about prayer, and I have a lot of those. So I picked a 31 day guide to prayer, the classic prayer guide of Andrew Murray. A travel book, well, I have some of those too, and I picked The Lure of the Labrador Wild by Dylan Wallace. I've been to Labrador. A book about the history of your country. I don't have any of the books that they had recommended about the U.S. history. I really don't. That's, that was a surprise that in my thousand books that I have, nothing about the history of the U.S., but they did have one of them called Isaac Storm, A Man, A Time, and the Deadliest Hurricane by Eric Larson. I think I have read that one in the past. I'll have to look that up, but meanwhile, I'll I'll read that one for the suggestion, unless I come across one from a bookstore that I haunt and pick it up, and then a book from last year's challenge you wanted to read but didn't. And I really do want to read the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. Their category last year was read a book by an inkling. That's the group of writers that used to meet Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and such, um, and go over their writing and talk and support each other. And C.S. Lewis wrote a space trilogy, which is a science fiction series of books. That I have it, and I haven't read it yet, but I want to. So those are the books that I've chosen so far, um, all of them. I might swap out a couple, but I think I'm pretty satisfied with um, being able to read the books that I have on my shelves already. And I'm glad to review my reading throughout the year because it helped me see my patterns. You know, I don't want to let two months go by without absorbing some good material. Of course, it's not a total black hole. I'm reading the Bible and I'm reading stuff my Sunday school class gives out. But still, it's too long to just sink into a routine of only watching media and not reading much. I find that as I age, reading is a skill that does need to be honed and practiced more and more, especially with the challenge um, of so much media around and how easy it is to just sit in a chair and watch things that aren't as edifying as reading a book would be. I'm looking forward to this year's books. So what are your thoughts on reading challenges? Do you have reading goals for the new year. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.